where their lives could begin, seriously begin. The night Rosemary was murdered, not a one of Sarah's guests had arrived at Sarah's house before ten o'clock, and Sarah herself had shown up only a few minutes before ten. For weeks, rumors had been flying all over town about the park. Tramps taking a shortcut through the park had worn a trail between the Summer Hill Road and 29th Street. And by 1946, a year after the war, soldiers had begun to hang out at the park. With its great old native oaks and loblolly pines, its spring-fed lake and narrow dirt paths winding through the woods, the park brought these men the sense of camaraderie they had known all through the war. During the day, they looked for work. At night, they hung out together and looked for women. Bless them all, the people of Cold Springs said about their heroes, and meant it. Cold Springs was grateful, but still, the soldiers were too old, too experienced for their young daughters. And there was this. At times, it was hard to tell the difference between a tramp and a soldier. Just last Saturday, Isabel was driving through the park when a veteran, she was pretty sure about this, leaning against a tree, raised his bottle of beer in a toast and hollered, You want a screw, sweetie? She slowed down. Not with you, Buster, she said, and sped away. When Isabel told her friends about it, they stared at her. Isabel, you didn't, you didn't say that to him, exclaimed Sarah. What did he say? Who knows? I was out of there before he could think what to say. Then Isabel raised her eyebrows, but I'll bet it wilted his pecker, she said, setting the girls off into spasms of giggling. And there was this other delicious, scintillating rumor. Somebody, high school boy, tramp, veteran, who knows, was sneaking up on couples parked out there. When the girls talked about it, they invariably broke into nervous giggling. But there was a peeping Tom at the park. There really was, although nobody took him seriously. A couple from New Boston had seen him, a shapeless hooded form, caught in the headlights of their car as he sprinted into the woods. When the young man from New Boston caught the bastard in his headlights, he had jumped out of his car and chased him all the way to the spring house, where he vanished. The Cold Springs boys agreed on one thing. Although the coward could run, he would be caught sooner or later. Armed with tire tools and hammers, every boy in high school was halfway hoping the SOB would creep up on his car when he was parked out there with his best girl, and if that happened, he swore he'd beat him to a bloody pulp. However, on this balmy, star-filled night in May, the girls had promised their parents they would not go near the park. If you want to park somewhere, you can park right here in your own living room, Sarah's dad had told her. She took that with a grain of salt. A quick goodnight kiss from a boy was as much as her dad would tolerate. A long kiss brought on a malfunctioning porch light. But afraid of the park? Their parents' belief that the park was dangerous sounded silly to the girls. It was, after all, their park, their very own park that they loved better than any place in the world, knew better. As far back as junior high, the four would ride their bicycles out there, let them fall to the grass, and then step into the coolness of the spring house, kneel, cup their hands, 
and drink the cold, sweet spring water. Afterwards, more times than not, they would ride around the lake to a grove of pine trees, throw themselves down on the sun-dappled grass, lie back on folded arms, and tell secrets. At other times, they would squeeze through a torn-away screen to enter the abandoned dance pavilion, where their mothers and fathers had danced all through the war to Sentimental Journey, and I'll Never Smile Again, and In the Mood, and Don't Sit Under the Apple Tree. Humming, singing words they all knew, the girls would dance alone or with each other, keeping the beat, their saddle shoes stirring up the dust motes lit by shafts of sunlight coming into the pavilion. But now the war was over, thank God. And they were grown. Their parents said it, their teachers said it, they said it to each other. They would soon be on their own, meeting heroes coming home.